Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. I want to continue on a theme I believe that God has stirred within my heart this evening, and it's just talking about reverencing God, having godly reverential fear, and really fearing God as we ought to. So um, in your Bibles in Psalms, the book of Psalms 89, verse 7, this is from the New King James Version. Look at what it says. God is somewhat to be feared. Oh, I'm sorry. God is greatly to be feared. Anybody need a copy of the notes? Raise your hand. We'll get one to you. Greatly to be feared where? In the assembly of the saints. Are we the saints assembling together? And to be held in reverence by all those around him. No one's left out. And then Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verses 28 and 29. Wherefore we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. Okay, what's the acceptable way to serve God, Lord? With reverence and godly fear. That tells us the acceptable way, and this tells us why. For our God is a consuming fire. So what's the acceptable way to serve God? Fear and trembling, right? With reverence and godly fear. Well, did you notice in Philippians chapter uh, 2 that it talks about, Paul the Apostle talked about, that we're to work out our own salvation with love and kindness? With what? Oh, I can't get you tonight, huh? With what? How do we work out our salvation? So not with love and kindness, but with fear and trembling? Wow. Hmm, think about that. We're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, not with love and kindness. Are you seeing the direction here? What motivates a person to serve God acceptably is fear and trembling. And God wants us to serve in that way. Uh, as a matter of fact, we all know that we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day, give an account of the things that we've done in our body, whether they be good or bad. And knowing this, the Apostle Paul said, knowing this, how we should live our lives in such a way so as to please God, to be pleasing to Him. It should be our aim. It should be our goal to live a life that pleases him. Like Jesus said, I, he did everything that pleased the Father. Imagine living a life that way. What motivates that is reverence and godly fear. If people lose the fear of God, then of course they won't be motivated. So godly fear moves us to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, which was the Apostle Paul's prayer for the church at Colossae. And he said, uh, I pray, he prayed for the church that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that they would through God, have this knowledge of God so that they would, through godly fear, live a life or a walk that's pleasing to God. 
So the question is then how do we develop this godly fear in our lives? Well, since you asked, look at Psalm 86 and verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth. Direct and unite my heart solely reverently to fear and honor your name. Teach me. Lord, you need to teach us. Teach us how to fear you. Uh, number two, have a high regard and respect for the word of God. Look at Deuteronomy 31. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law. And that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear. It's something that we learn. The Lord your God, as long as you live in the land which you crossed the Jordan to possess. And then also, notice in the book of Isaiah 66, and that, Pharisee 66, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and contrite, of a contrite spirit, and who trembles, trembles at my word. Wow. Trembles at my word. God wants us to have a high regard for his word and to realize that if he says something, he means it. And not have a, a flippant attitude toward his word. So that's another way. By developing a right mental attitude toward the word of God. If God says something. And you know what? We should tremble. If he says don't do something. He means don't do something. If he says to do something. He means to do something. Then consider his creative power. Look at Jeremiah 5 verse 22. Here's another way that we can develop a godly reverential fear in our lives. Fear ye not, saith the Lord. Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass it? And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail? Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it? In other words, we think about all of creation. We think about just the sea. The sand along the seashore is a perpetual decree that keeps the waters. You know, with this sub going down and, and to the Titanic and all that, which is, what, two and a half miles down? The Atlantic in some places is 5.2 miles down. 5.2 miles. That's pretty deep, wouldn't you say? Imagine that, if all that was unleashed all over the earth. And it stops by a sand along the seashore actually by a perpetual degree that God has made so we consider his creative powers and we think about that then we realize oh my goodness how powerful is the God that we serve and then the next one here it is look at this fourth one tithing look at Deuteronomy 14 verses 22 and 23 you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. 
And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chose to make his name abide, the tithe of your grain and your wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Did you ever see that? A man that ties fears God. A man that doesn't, you kind of wonder. Think about it. Some of these things are new to some people. Some are not. Look at number five. Remind ourselves of our chief duty. Remind ourselves of our chief duty. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. That's kind of it in a nutshell, isn't it? Fear God. Notice the motivation. Fear God. Keep his commandments. That's our duty. Number six, learn from others. How do we develop a God of reverential fear? Well, Isaiah saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and full of glory. You didn't have to tell him to bow his knee. No, he searched his heart. You know the story, right? We can learn from that, can't we? See, we want the glory. We want the power of God manifestation. And we'll think twice about that here in just a moment, and you'll see why. Moses. Did you know that Moses, when he was up on Mount Sinai and they had all that going on, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it says he exceedingly did fear and quake. He did exceedingly fear and quake. Not just fear, but exceedingly fear and quake. And then you've got John on the Isle of Patmos when he looked behind him and he saw Jesus. And what happened to him? He fell to the ground. But then you've got here in Leviticus chapter 10, you've got two men, the sons of Aaron. Look at their example. Aaron's sons Nadab and Abihu took their censers, put fire in them and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spake of when he said, Among those who approach me, I will be proved holy. In the sight of all the people, I will be honored. And Aaron remained silent. His sons had a casual approach before God. They dishonored him by offering unacceptable and unauthorized fire. So those who approach God must realize the fact that he is a holy, holy God. And if we want his presence manifested among us, which we do, then we have to recognize the need to honor him, reverence him, and hold him in high esteem and respect and not have a nonchalant kind of attitude. Now, go to the book of Acts and look at another example. And here from the New King James Version, we have these individuals but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? 
after it was sold, was it not your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So, great fear. See that word great there? It's come from a Greek word uh, where we get our word mega from. So mega fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young man rose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great mega fear came upon all the church, notice, on the church, and upon all who heard these things. So when there's disrespect or dishonor or there's irreverence in the presence of the Lord, and that presence of God is in manifestation, people can be judged immediately just like they were. But now notice this. When fear, great fear, came upon them, and they had reverence for the Lord and held him in highest esteem, let's read on in the book of Acts and see what happened. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, there's no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least a shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. So you can see that what shifted was this. When there was disrespect and irreverence and conniving and all that Ananias and Sapphira were doing, there was judgment that fell upon them. So where the presence of God was in manifestation, whether it's Nadab and Abihu or, or these two here, we see that judgment fell upon them and they died as a result of that judgment. But when there's great fear and reverence displayed among the people, wonderful things happen. Tremendous things happen. See, I, I think in our time in which we live, our culture, a lot of that fear of the Lord has been missing. Uh, we come into a church service, and I'm not saying anybody here, because you, you don't do this. You don't bring your iPad and look up uh, what you're going to shop for or anything like that, right? You don't use your phone and do something like that when God's word is being preached to show irreverence. You don't pass notes, talk to people or anything like that. Because you see, we're in the assembly of the saints. And in the assembly of the saints, there's to be what? Reverence. God is to be, God is greatly to be feared in the presence of, among the saints. Okay. And then also held in reverence by all those around him. So we're not here to come and watch somebody sing a song or whatever. We're here to recognize that this 
here is a gathering of the saints. In the gathering of the saints, God is to greatly be feared. And we shift gears from being out there to coming into here as if we know that by the precious blood of Jesus, we have access to the holiest place of all. And when that reverence is offered to him and from our hearts, we truly worship him and glorify him, then he manifests his glory. He blankets his place with his glory. And what happens? Wonderful things happen, like we see here. But also, he'll hold back so that people don't fall over dead as a result of being in that place of his manifested presence. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with part of it. I want all of it. Don't you? Do you want a greater manifestation of his presence among us? Amen. This consciousness of an awareness of the holiness of God and the glory of God, holding respect for God, holding him in high esteem, greatly fearing him as we gather like this, on purpose, seeing to it that we recognize what we're doing here. We are here to exalt the King of kings and Lord of lords. We are here to invite the Lord of glory to manifest his glory among us. We are here to allow the consuming fire of his spirit to fall upon us, praise God, burn up the chaff and do a work within all of our lives. Hallelujah. To change us from glory to glory, to invite such a presence of almighty God that we can't stand a minister for by reason of the cloud and that God is exalted and God is magnified and God is glorified right here among us. Hallelujah. And he puts his stamp of approval upon everything that's done because it's done from a heart motivated by godly fear, reverence, and a love for who he is. Hallelujah. And all that he's done for us. Can you say amen? So with that as a backdrop, can we enter in and minister to our Lord? And do so with a heart that says, teach me to walk in godly, reverential fear. Hallelujah. That I may work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Glory be to God. Hallelujah.